Weepa team is proud to bring you Weepa Waves, the sound waves of your career. And the F words, the taboo stops here. Let's tackle the tough issues together. Hi, my name is Lindsay Rainwater. I am the founder and CEO of the Women in Fitness Association. We believe that storytelling has a magical way of connecting us all. We give a voice to tough topics and break down any fear of being alone. Weefa Waves is the podcast devoted to the sound waves of your career, giving voice to our global community. Please also enjoy our newest addition to our podcast family, F-Words. We highlight the taboo topics and feature words like fertility, finance, facelift, and fillers. We're going to break down any tough issues that we might face together. Enjoy today's episode of Weefa Waves and F-Words. On today's episode of Weefa Waves, we are talking with a, she's become such an amazing Weefa champion woman. Adia Callahan is a Weefa ambassador, and I'm going to read a little bit about her, her specific statement. I just, I love this statement. Adia exists to empower and support others, specifically Black women, in finding the freedom to pursue their health and wellness goals. I love how succinct that is. Fabulous job on that. She is the founder and owner of See Me Wellness, as well as a full-time Pilates and group fitness instructor in the Seattle, Washington area. She wants to bridge the gap between Black women and fitness. See Me Wellness's mission is to motivate and empower Black women to control your narrative by incorporating movement into their lives. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I got that first opening quote from the lead program. It's that's amazing. I can't wait. I love it. I love it when we get lead love. This is lead love. Lead love, lead love. Well, and that's a fabulous segue into your WIFA story. We'd love yeah. to hear how it all began. How did you arrive with this community? Amy Boone Thompson. I tell anyone, Amy Boone Thompson, 2019, I, first time back at the Idea Fitness Convention. I see her up. She's doing her acceptance speech and she nails it. She nails it for me. It resonated with me so well that I had to stalk her multiple times throughout the convention. Talked to her a few times, and then I had to go onto her social platforms to find out what is she doing within the fitness industry, and that was a role model model for me. And I noticed that Weefa was on there, had no clue. I did actually, funny story. I walked past because you had a um, you had a not a booth, but you had an event going on right at the 2019, and I walked past and I was thinking, why are there so many women in there? But I kept walking, right? <laughs> I won't do that again. <laughs> I won't do that again. But yeah, no, she was the role model. Yeah, she was the role model for me. That's awesome. Now, do you, I'm curious, have you connected with, you've connected with her digitally. Have you gotten the chance to connect with her and be on calls with her and have a build a relationship yet? You know what I did? And then I, when COVID hit, I went into turtle mode. So I need to re reunite that. Um, yeah. So not, not recently, but we did, we did speak after the convention. Yeah. But I just want to yep. make sure I was like, if we need to make an introduction, you let me know. So shout know, out right? to Amy. She's, she's a fabulous lady. And she actually, she used to live in Colorado. So her and I have had many a cups of coffee over the years. So she's yeah. a fabulous person. Yeah, she is. If, if you think about it, it's so crazy how much we communicate like via our computer. I kind of feel like when like I'm in the Netherlands, so we're still a little bit more in, in lockdown than North America is well, except for Canada, but that's another story. Um, right. But I feel like I'm going to be like socially the equivalent of a feral cat. When I start, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, like when we start going out, I'm going to be like, ooh, ooh, what do I do now? 
I felt that way too. When we first started to go back into studio life, um, I didn't know how to talk to people. I didn't know how to move around people. It's just, and I'm an extrovert. Believe it or not, when I do the testing, I'm high 90s extrovert. And lately I have been in this whole the shell of, I don't know what people are. I just miss crowds. I think that's the most I miss right now. Just the vibrant energy of being around a lot of people. So I'm with you on that one. I'm, I'm, t- I'm looking forward to it, but I'm strangely intimidated by yeah, it. Yeah, it is. It is that. All right. So next question. It, it, we fully believe that big picture informs our daily actions. As a lead alumni, like what is your purpose? And I think Lindsay, Lindsay read it. You have a really powerful, specific purpose statement, which is amazing. But how, how does it inform what you do on a day-to-day basis? How do you let it be your guiding light? Um, I am getting to the point where I am no longer trying to hold things in, right? As in, um, so five years ago, sales idea is totally different than the current idea. And that means that I only was compartmentalized my life. I was just trying to, you know, I was trying to do sales. That was one thing, trying to be a mom, whatever. Um, but now I take ownership of who I am and my purpose and I don't hammer down on people, but I don't try to hide that either. Right. I just let it go. I let it be out there. I let it be known. And then whomever is ready to accept it, they can accept it or want to know more, but I don't try to compartmentalize who I am or try to water it down anymore. And I'm very clear about this is my mission. Um, and, and there's a reason for it. And, and I, I feel strongly about that. And I, I, once I did the lead program, we'll shout out to Kayla because she's been, that's a connection that continues to, to flourish. But once, once we did that and I was able to really hammer in on the why statement, I resonate with it and it comes out. It just naturally comes out. Adia, I'm curious if there's one or two things that you do every single day to nurture it, like nurture your like, is there a specific activity or journaling activity or thing that you're like, okay, this is what strengthens this muscle every single day? Yeah. Yeah. So right now I'm struggling to, um, <laughs> struggling to meditate. And part of my meditation is I, uh, my mantra is actually, I am enough. And the, the tie in to your question and the, and the practice of doing that is one it sets me back to the purpose of why I say specifically black women, right? Because it's one thing as a woman to be in in, in an environment where you're considered at times to be a second class, but then you put the minority on top of that and and you then you feel like sometimes, am I enough? And so when I do my, say my mantra in my meditation time, it reminds me and it keeps that muscle memory of this is your reason why, this is why I'm here, this is my purpose, this is my passion. And it reinforces all that I do because I have to tell my own self because I live that. Mm. So but, powerful. Yeah. So powerful. Idea doesn't write though. There's no journaling. <laughs> There's no journaling. Not yet. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Hey, everybody's got the thing that works for them. Um, yeah. What's important is if you know and you yeah. Know. Yeah, so, we don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's transition to the the roles that have brought you to where you are. I want to talk about your very first job and what you what it taught you that you still hold to you today. Um, it taught me safety is a real thing. I used to be an engineer on the Gulf of Mexico on the oil rigs. And I've seen a couple of things in my short tenure there. I've seen people fall off the rigs. I myself have slipped down the stairs and my heart had barely made it before it went into the Gulf of Mexico. So it taught me that there there are some goodness around boundaries. There's some safety um, right there. And also it taught me that and I have to remind myself, I can do some things, right? Like I, I used to have to splice wires and climb up things and had to be responsible for multi-million dollar equipment. And that's just coming out of college. So it had to, every once in a while, I have to remind myself, I can do a couple of things and I have uh, 42 and the skill sets to get it done. Um, so that was the very first pre-college, uh, post-college type of job was working in the shack with all those men. In the middle of nowhere, 
just just analyzing data. <laughs> just yeah. That's yeah, that was a thing. Wow. Like what what was the male to female ratio when you're when you're doing a job like that? Um, it depends on what kind of rig you were on. Um, if you were on like a jack up, uh, and I, again, I was in the in the water, right? So land rigs are totally different. It would easily be one or two women on the rig. Easy. And, and that was not uncommon, right? At least back in, you know, just because it's a small rig to begin with, you're not that far off of land. And it's not an industry that a lot of women just gravitate towards anyway, right? Whatever capacity that is. And the bigger rigs, like um, the attention platform TP, uh, TLPs, um, those are the big ones, like the bigger ones you see that they usually do commercials on. There could be a few women there, few maybe like 10 or less, but it's still, um, it's still a, it was still really a low ratio. Like it, it was just small. Yeah. So you'd be in and out. It could be a few, uh, like a hundred people coming in and out just based off of the, whatever tour they were, tower they were on. And you might see one or two women. Wow. Yeah. Well, so that was, that was the, like the first big professional role out of, out of college. Right. Yeah. Yep. And then and since, since then, like, what are your highlights? What are, what are one to three career highlights for you? You know, I was thinking about that in the question and what I put down is totally not what I were highlights. I have created uh, one sales job. I, well, once I was selected for this national sales training program and its whole purpose was to take engineers and turn them to sales reps. And I was selected. And I think at that time we were the first, we were the first cohort for that business, that P and L and it was eight, six or six, seven, eight of us that, so it's like few of us in the country and it was for a fortune 500 company. Um, so that was a big highlight at the time. And they invested a lot in us to help us become these salespeople. But in that role, they had given me this task of creating a database from scratch, collecting leads, and then be able to pitch and roll that out into this entire sales team. And I created that. And then pitch it, and there were actually leads and sales generated from that. So it generated actual dollars in sales. And I say that because sometimes when you're in the midst of building and growth, you forget the things and the skill sets that you've had in the past that has helped grow other people's businesses and other people's dreams and strategy that when it comes to your own, you feel like you're in this, this vortex of undecisiveness, confusion, and not knowing. And I have to go back to things like that to remind myself, yeah, again, you've done some things in the past, you know, like there's been times where in sales, one particular woman, my last sales job, I knocked on this woman's door at least a a year and a half easily. She used to be an old client of, of the company. She left because of whatever reason. It took her almost a year just to let me in the door, let alone to talk to her about her business. I was actually fired from that sales job, which is fine. But before I did, she she gave me her business. And that was a six-figure client, right? So I could look at the fact that I was fired from the job and that's his own story. But Or I can look at the fact that just as I was leaving out the door, I was bringing in big stuff. That's just perspective and it's all context, right? Like when, when you, when you go to start something on your own, you have to remind yourself all of the things that you have done in a different context that that you can reapply again. And it's, it's just, you know, it's reminding yourself that gives you the confidence to do it again, but this time for yourself. And that always feels better, right? Yeah. Yeah, but you have to, rem- to your point, you have to actually remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, wait a second, wait a second. I love hearing the dot connections and just, it's, it's so interesting to think about early career highlights and how they inform so much of mm-hmm. what we do day to day. And I would imagine it's similar to when you think about time management, prioritizing, and how you've grown as a mother and what it looks like to 
create the the time spectrum of every single day. So I'm curious, one of the mantras that we talk about at WIFA is that your whole life deserves an appointment. appointment. And so as a working mom, do you have any life hacks or specific time management tips that you could share with the audience or just how do you do it? How do you prioritize? Um, I don't even pretend like I could do it all. Like perfectionism is, is gone. It left a long time ago. Yep. It just, she's, she doesn't live here anymore. Um, Goodbye. <laughs> yep. She has to go. You can see moved out. Yep. Nope, yep. Nope. We don't have any more spots for her um, because one, I am married. My husband can't take care of my kid, right? You know, like at first, when she first came out, I was the only one on this earth who loved her and could take care of her to the utmost. Now it's like, go to your daddy. And and that was a shift in control as well. Um, with that being said, she goes to daycare and she goes to school. You know, like there's this shift of having to let go of this sense of mine and she's mine and allowing her and others and feeling safe that she could be safe somewhere else. She can learn somewhere else. And just because it's not me who's doing it, it's okay. Um, the biggest thing I had to learn. So I went back to work when she was four months old. I would start a new job with a new infant. And I was constantly trying to prove that I can do it all, meaning with the job. So if she got sick and it was, if it was my turn to stay home or have to go pick her up, I would try to explain to my manager, I'll work from home. I'll take care of it. And he will go, no, you're not. Don't even worry about it. Like, and he was the one who, funny enough, during that time, he was the one that kind of helped me see that if I'm having to be at home with a sick child, that was important more so than whatever I was supposed to be doing for work. Right. Um, But at that time, I didn't have that sense of freedom to be to feel like I can do both roles or if I had to shift more energy into being a mother at that time, it was okay. You know, I was still under the um, work and business, work and life type of boundaries. They should never cross over. And I would say to any working mom, they would not only cross over, but they must cross over. And you have to just accept that and be okay with that. Mm -hmm. And you have to make time for your family. Just like we preach, you have to make time for yourself. You have to do the same for your family. Meaning every email does not get answered. Um, I don't have certain hours that for me, that just works for me because my work week is actually Saturday through Wednesday. So Thursday and Fridays are off. But during COVID, Thursday and Friday meant that I was at home with my kid while she went to school, like doing virtual learning. So Because I don't have a traditional work week, I have to say to myself, when she's done with X, I switch over. And when I'm done with X, it switch over. And for me, it's been working of the switching game. You know, I have to make sure she's in school. So when she's in school, I don't do any meetings anymore. I don't do anything that's hard hitting. That's her time. When she's done, get her settled. I switch over to get mine. And, And for me, that's been working. I'm obsessed with the fact that you went here because this topic is so big for me. Mm-hmm. I, the the illusion, I'm just going to, I have a feeling you're going to get this. The illusion that nine to five, Monday to Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, like doesn't exist anymore. Especially when you compound that with a family and children, it's a fairy tale. And the only, if you live in a, in a world where you have two individuals working Mm-hmm. And one of them does have, there might be a chance that one person in the family dynamic can hold up that kind of schedule, but somebody else doesn't for that right. other person to have that. Right. And to have the luxury to match two schedules like that, there almost has to be, in my experience, a third adult in the mix, yes. whether it's family or paid, that then is the full-time care provider yes. and does all the things. That's the only yes. way to work, make it work. Because otherwise, to your point, if you really want to be present for your family, then you, you, when they switch activities or they're in transition, you transition with them and then you pick up your work again later. And so then it doesn't become like an eight to five day. It's like eight to 10 and then do some other things for a while and then come back to it. And then they, you put them to bed at eight o'clock at night and then you're back online for a couple hours. It's just a fluid 
constant transition. It's not this like cut, 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 cut. And that's been how I've learned to be a present mom and worked. And I know Jen's shaking her head and that's probably something she could unpack too, but it's so to lose the the obsession with how it, how it once was. I just don't think it's real anymore. It's not, it's not, but I don't even think it was real for a long time. I mean, it, it, it was real for, mm-hmm. for the, the parent or the employee that could leave the house and go to the office for the period of time. Yeah. But, yeah. but that, that's not the, that's not the whole population. And I think that, you know, it, it, like I, I, I used to try to, like, I, I was the one that got to go to the office mm-hmm. for, for a period of time, but I was also the one and I I took it on myself due to my own poor communication that was managing like 90% of the household. So like when I had a second that I could cram something in and schedule something like uh, in between appointments at the office, I was always and feeling guilty about it. Like, like trying to figure out, okay, when am I going to make the dentist appointment or oh my God, I'm going to have to apologize that I have to step out of this meeting so that I can go to the parent teacher meeting with my kid. And I'm like, where in the hell are my priorities? And, and who, who like, why are we working like this? Because, you know, they, the, in those situations, the company never got the best out of me because it is, it is fluid. It's exactly how you're, how you're describing. You need to be able to switch gears so that in the moment for that block of time, when you're doing what you're doing, you can be fully present. And you're not like thinking in the back of your head, like the 10,000 things that you have to do that you feel guilty about trying to figure out a way to jam in. Right. 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 Yeah. And like for us, housework and cooking has fallen short. And it's okay. I think the last time I was on We For Ways, I said, I do not fold clothes. I'll wash them, but they get tossed into another room. And that that room is, is a, it's a hazard now. Like there's been plenty of time <laughs> I've had slipped on the stairs because they're still clothes, like cascading down. But it's they're clean. Yeah. And if I don't have time, he doesn't have time. She She's not doing it right now. It's okay. And there's been, there's been a lot of those. We just don't put that on the list type of things anymore. Right. Like I like, I like my nails done. That's one thing during this time that I, I kind of, that's part of my, my reset time, just doing my nails. I want to do it. That's fine. I no longer get sugar. You know, like it's it's like smaller things, but I've translated that into the rest of my life, right? Where I want this part and I'm going to keep that, but I've given it something else up in order or in lieu of so I can I can stay sane and mm-hmm. stay true to whatever me I'm in at the I'm moment. So, I'm so glad we're talking about this because, yeah, so, no, this is oh, this is the stuff. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I also think like, just before we go to the next question is like what, what you're talking about, about the whole household thing. Um, it's like, you've kind of got to take the business operational approach to your household and, and start having the conversations of, I don't mind doing this. You don't mind doing that. So that's yours and this is mine. Mm-hmm. And like my, my husband and I have uh, like two standing meetings a week. So the weekend, it's like, okay, this is your night to cook. This is my night to cook. And and we we sort of have, I sure. think we've got like 80% of the stuff figured out. But there were so many discussions to get there that it wasn't by accident. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was the deliberate placing, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> right? Definitely. This is the not sexy work that people are no. like, but I'm just in love. And so it's going to work. It's like, no, no, you need a whole, you got to run this home. Yes. As if it was an organization. Yeah. Things don't just happen. People don't just wake up knowing what they're expected to do. And then to your point, like my little boys are four and two. You think any of their clothes are folded? Heck no. Like I, there's a t-shirt drawer, there's an undie drawer, there's a yes. short drawer, and it just gets hucked in the drawer. And their clothes are mildly wrinkly, but they're usually dirty by noon anyway. So, so come on. Like, like, it's oh, okay. Just, my clothes are folded, but that's because I do it. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know... Ladies, if you're listening, whether you're a parent or a caregiver or just have other people living in your house, this is all very, 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 very real. 
And never ending. Never ending. <laughs> it, it's the curse of laundry. Yeah. It's just, my husband says, why do we have so many clothes? Well, I can change easily twice a day, if not more, right? Because a couple of workouts, every once in a while, I may put on real clothes, it, believe it or not. And he does two changes, his work change, his, you know, casual change. And she just, she just living life. So yeah, there you go. That's why so many. Yep. Uh, okay. Well, th- this is, this can be a rabbit hole that we stay down. So right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to zoom back out to uh, the, your, your big, hairy, audacious goal. Do you have one right now? And, and how are you working towards achieving it? Um, I told the husband, I said, I want us to live outside of the country in the next, within five years. Yeah. Yep. Like out, out of the U S. Yep. Come yep. on over to the Netherlands. It's fun. I had a client from the Netherlands. Shout out to her. She was like, it's, it's a great place, but I, I live in Seattle. So the, she said the weather is similar. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. So I don't want that weather right now. No, no, no. I want more it's, sun. It's rainy and gray most of the year. Today we've got a good day, but. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's June. So, you know, with the sweater on type of situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, he said, if See Me Wellness can support us, then okay. Okay. He said, yeah, yeah. And I said, oh, okay. And that was the conversation. And so now whenever I'm thinking of things for See Me Wellness, I'm thinking of this has to get us out of the country. This has to move us. Um, What it has done for me is for the first year, so all of last year to the beginning of this year, I was an employee of See Me Wellness, meaning I was very um, thinking about how many people were coming in. I was thinking about, you know, customer satisfaction. All of these things are great things and all these things are important, but I wasn't thinking about the strategy of building the business and building a business and having to scale, right? And now I'm transitioning my mindset into the business owner. And with that goes along with, you know, I think Liz, the last time I talked, I was like, I just want nice stuff on the wall. So when I have interviews that it looks pretty, it's important, right? It's important, but that's not how you scale a business necessarily. Right. Right. So thinking about the business as this is the conduit that's going to turn my family and I into expats is a different mindset than thinking about creating a studio and an experience for a client that goes underneath it, but it's not the driver anymore. Mm, That is a powerful delineation right there, what you just identified. And so anyone out there who started a business, there's most of the time when you start a business, you're the person delivering the business what the exchange, you know, the product of the organization, but ultimately you have to grow out of that role eventually, or you're never going to be able to scale it to the point of having the dream fulfilled that you're describing. And what a great North star for you to point to each time you feel you need to make a decision or you need to really consult um, a thought process. You get to come right back to, Mm -hmm. does this point to my capacity to do this and by when that's so wonderful. And it's, um, yeah, that's a really cool goal too. I will hold that space with you. I'll meditate on that too. That's I just, exciting. we have our first new instructor, you know, like it's, it's starting to manifest. So yeah, that's it. That's what we're working towards. Mm. Well, you've touched on this a little bit, but I want to, I want to go back to the the motherhood aspect of the, the pressure of perfectionism and and the, that curse word, and just the, the, the metrodome between perfectionism and progress. And I would imagine too, it can, when you think about a goal like that and scaling your company, there's also a flavor of perfectionism that comes with how do you balance that? But let's talk a little bit about uh, specifically as a parent, and then also in your business, how do you deal with that pressure and how does it contribute to each day for you? Yeah. The hardest thing about being a mom and perfectionism is when you start to see it in your child. Right. Yep. When you start to see it in your child, especially because my kid is six. 
So I'm thinking, when the hell did that happen, right? Like, where did she pick that up from? You know, you you start having those internal conversations thinking, is she getting that from me? She must be getting that from him because that's something on his side of the family. (laughs) I would never, I know, right? You start pointing the fingers. It's those kids at school. And when you start to see it in someone so young, it it can really break your heart, right? Because... I told her we've been having an issue with her hair and she does, she wants, she doesn't want her hair anymore. Cause her hair, you know, we do the puffs and we do the braids and all the things that, you know, black girls in the, from the South, i.e. me do with our hair. Right. But I was in the classroom with other black girls in the South who had hairstyles and it was just a competition of who had the better braids and the better bees. And, you know, that's just what I come. But my kid is not in that environment anymore. She's usually the only black girl. Um, so she wants her hair to be straight and long and flowing. Right. And so it's gotten to the point where it's not a just a easy conversation to have. It's, a, it's affecting. We don't want to go to dance practice because of hair. And we say that now and that her hair looks horrible. And I know, well, I'm very hopeful and very positive about her growing out of that. But that is a form of perfectionism, right? Like she sees something, she wants to try to achieve that. She cannot, she really, I mean, in this instance, her hair won't do that unless we do some some drastic things to it. And so because she doesn't get the results that she wants, then she no longer wants to do dance. And I've told her several times in many different ways and many different tones that I will not let her allow her not to enjoy the goodness of life. And that's what perfectionism does, right? It stops you from enjoying good things. Mm. And so for me, I'm not a writer. I say it to anybody. I feel very nervous if you ask me to write anything, even if it's like a survey. I'm like, oh, God, why? Can I just tell you what I thought? <laughs> because I don't know where the commas go and all of these things and the grammatical errors. And that doesn't say blah, 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 blah. So then I've, I've gotten in my own way of putting myself out there or receiving things or challenging myself because the fear of not being good enough was bigger than the, the the goal or bigger than the reward or bigger than the experience. And that's what happens as a mother, I think, too, is sometimes the fear of it not being just right, you know, like, yeah, your kid may be the ground genius looking kid this time around, or maybe your kid doesn't have the best lunch, or maybe you've fed your kid Chick-fil-A twice this week, right? But it shouldn't stop you from being happy and enjoying life, enjoying the small moments and laughing. And I think sometimes as mothers, we rather, we are trying so hard to manage so many things that it's more important that the bathrooms are pristine versus sitting down playing, you know, ladders and shoots with your kid yeah it's perspective right like that that's what perfectionism kills perspective yeah oh i i i hope your little girl can see the beauty of her hair because i would kill for voluminous hair because my hair just like stays flat like you know you always want what you you can have right um it's so funny because there's a little girl out there who's thinking, I want, I want her hair. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm hoping for for you and for her, she gets there so that she can enjoy and not let her hair get in her way. Right. And she not have the crazy mama. Who's like, you will enjoy your life. (laughs) (laughs) You will enjoy all these things. (laughs) Because I said so. No more wire hangers. You will enjoy your life. <laughs> yeah, so, sometimes our wishes fall on deaf ears. They I, have do. A, I have a 14-year-old, so. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. oh okay. I, 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 can, I can tell the future for you both when you're ready. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So like staying on the, on the mother path, like what are, what are some problems or challenges you've faced in your, in your company or in the workplace 
when it comes to being a mother, like you had given the example um, earlier on where you had a boss that was truly compassionate about, um, you know, your needs as a mother and he, he modeled it for you. Like, did you have other examples like that? Yeah, I actually, I do. I've been really lucky when it comes to career. So I'll preface this by saying, I believe in the eight pillars of wellness, just as a real, a, a, a detour and occupational wellness is a pillar. I've had a lot of, um, I've had some, like a better word, some issues within my occupational wellness, right? Like I got issues there. Physical wellness, cool. Occupational, I'm still working on it, me and the counselor. So we got that going on. Um, so I can say with all honesty, and this is called growth, that I do not know if the issues that I've had with a company, a company is company afflicted or a D afflicted when it comes to being a working mom. And I, I want to make that very clear because again, I have some over over overlying issues when it comes to my career as a whole. So I don't know if I was responding thinking this was because or that was truly what it was when it comes to being a working mom. I mentioned that the whole, you just want to look like you got your shit together type of feeling, yeah, right? Yep. It, it, that's what it really comes down to. And especially when you don't feel secure or you're trying to bump it up. Like if you want to be in the next tier or you want to be in the next job position or you want to be in the next this, when you're in that mindset, at least from my opinion and my experience, you don't want anybody to see anything that's not on point or that could be used against you, i.e. weakness. You don't want any chinks in that. Um, it's an unhealthy way of doing, going about doing things. And I took that on, right? Again, I came in from engineering um, and then into sales. And then even in sales, sales, sales can be real nasty. Like your teammates could be nasty. Your clients can be nasty. It's just, it could be, and you, you, you don't cry in sales. <laughs> there's, there's, there's rules that you, you get up in the morning, you cut your finger and you pull up the little blood on your teeth and say, I'm ready for it. Right. Like you go at it. Um, and so when, <laughs> even when I came out of sales, you, I, the mentality is still there. So when I became a mother and I'm older, right? I'm in my, I'm 35, older ish, they say. I'm being a mother at 35. I don't have, you know, 10, 15 years of living like that. I don't want people to know I got a kid. Wow. Right? I don't want people to know that I have to, it's my turn to go pick her up from daycare. And I'm really trying to pull it, pull it down to the very last wire because. I don't want you to use that against me when it comes review time saying I always got to get leave early. Like, and again, that might not have been what they were trying to portray or they may not have really been the culture, but that's something I took on as this is not the way I want to be perceived as an employee, especially that when I was trying to hit things hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I'm incredibly appreciative of the self-reflection it takes just to say what you just said. The introspection. Yeah. The openness, because it's, it's easier to just say, oh, the culture didn't support it or, you know, and and to really say like, I I don't know if it was necessarily, you know, me or them, or like, it was more about the way I was coming. I, I can relate to so much of what you were saying. And I can, the, my version of that was when daycare would close because of snow days or literally things that were completely out of my control, taking that on and being mm-hmm. overly apologetic to my, mm-hmm. you know, to who I was working with that day, mm-hmm. instead of just it's life, like there's going to be snow days, like yeah. you're going to, your school is going to close occasionally and you're not going to have the childcare that you're used to having, but instead of making it like making it so burdensome to even get on with the day or enjoy myself. Cause I, it was a disruption to business as usual. Yeah. Yeah. But as moms, I think it's, I love the way that you've said that because the, what it takes to really reflect and go, where am I bringing my crap to this circumstance or my stuff so that I'm making this more complicated than it needs to be. Yeah. But it's so hard. It is hard. It's hard. Especially if you, I'm sorry. No, no, no. You go, you go. 
Well, I was just going to say, especially if you are hungry for something, right? Like, yeah. Even if it's not hungry for the career, if you're hungry for the balance or they perceive balance, you're like, it shouldn't be like this or it's not fair. You're like, you're, you're just not at ease of where you are with your, with what your, your surroundings and who you are and what your life is now. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I didn't know. I asked, I was like asking somebody, I'm like, I can't get shit done. I'm sorry. Can we cuss here? I'm just yeah, real comfortable. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was, she was like, girl, you're a mom now. Because <laughs> no, yeah. I can remember. I can because again, I had my kid later in my in my late 30s, mid late 30s. I can remember getting up at four or five o'clock in the morning and answering emails. That's before I took a shower and then taking a shower, seeing clients. And I'm not saying I was a kick-ass, you know, rep or whatever, but I had I felt like I had my rhythm. Mm-hmm. Day to day, it was like you wake up in the morning and you you singing, the birds are chirping, and she wakes up and you're like, oh, breakfast, and she's like, cool, and we pull up into the parking lot of the daycare, and it's World War Three, and you're looking around like, what the hell happened here? I don't even understand how we went this bad so quick, let alone answering emails, and it's already ten o'clock, and you're thinking. Where the hell is my day at? And then, mm-hmm. and then you have all the tasks. And then now you have the conversation. Hey, I'm working late. Can you go pick her up? Well, I can't pick her up because I had this plan already. And it's like, you know, and that, and that could be today. That could be two weeks from now. You just don't know anymore. It's, oh, just, yeah. it's like, it's like, I used to be organized and on time. That, that, I, that was a compliment. They used to tell me you're very organized and on time. I didn't even know to have the bio ready for you. And I've done this a million times, you know, like it's just. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I still feel you. Mm. It's, it's the evolution of roles. Like, Oof. like when, when you have the, when you add the mother role to your bus, it, 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 it changes the, it changes the musical chairs of who's oh. sitting where. <laughs> oh, and that role does not come with any kind of, you know, career path or any and kind of, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. Like, it's so funny, you know, I got these boss bad clients, right? And I'm looking at them like, <laughs> they telling me stories about their kids. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, do your kids know what you do for a living? And everybody says the same thing. I say the same thing. They don't care. They don't yeah. care. Yeah. Okay. It's not. Yeah. So anyway, well, I will, I have to, I have to brag on Kate. When, when I started working for WIFA, she, I I got a, I got a text from her stepmother the, the, the day after I told her and she was like, congratulations on your new job. And I hadn't even told my, my ex her as partner. And it was Kate that was super proud that uh, I was working for a a women's organization. So congratulations, but, but she's much older. So she has a little bit of right. context and she, she also, uh, I think she probably appreciates the fact that I'm from home and not, uh, away so much. So that's addressing a pain point. Yeah. Yeah. When your daughter gets older, she'll, she'll be more aware for sure. Yeah. Or I'm going to force her into it. One of the two. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's, she's, she's employee. <laughs> See me wellness. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's a family business now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so last question before we go into rapid fire. As a WIFA ambassador, can you share your perspective on the future of WIFA? Like, what do you expect and or if you know something, what what are you excited about and why? Yeah, I expect for the growth to happen exponentially, right? You You could already see it with the the grant and the lead program and i'm not a um I'll, my full disclosure i'm not a big uh, i'm not a cheerleader type of i'm i'm kind of factual right like this is good this is not good we got to do this we got to do that everybody has their role in the group so i'm more of a watcher and a, and a and a receiver of information. And then I just do, you just tell me when you're ready for me to take off and I could do it. Right. But just watching and seeing in my small portion of it, I could see how the change went from being a, a more 
cozy community, right? Where it's like, come on in, let's, we could do this together too. Now, ladies, we got to do this. We got to do this now. We got to do this for real. We got to get things together. We got to start making this work. The train is running. It's actually, it's pushing through the barriers. Yeah, we got to tear shit down. We got to go for it, right? And so I can already see that in this year and a half, right? Of the transition in the vibe of WIFA is more of this is what we're doing. And we got to do this for real. And it's no longer just the the cozy feeling like coming to the womb of womanhood. That's cool. But that's not my vibe to begin with. I saw the potential of we need to help women be more secure and being leaders in this industry. And to do that, we have to come in guns blazing. And now I see people unholstering guns and shooting it out. There's going to be hiccups. Like I seen the hook hiccups because, you know, we all got them, but that's where, that's why I see it. The shift is happening. You can feel it. Yes, It is. I'm so glad you can feel it. And it's uh, over at HQ though. We feel it, you Mm -hmm. know, we're, we're, yeah, it's a, we got to get, we got a bunch of shit to do. We got shit to get done. It's got to happen. Yeah. Now again, I'm not going to be the person on, on the slack bumping up all the conversation but I do read <laughs> thank you for that you know I, I think we can count on you for 100% honesty all the time right I, I, on myself included right I tell on myself yeah. before anybody else but yeah as soon as you say this because I need I am a person who um who is goal oriented like most of us right and so I love, I like the camaraderie, the sisterhood ship. I like that. I love seeing that. But also at the end of the day, I think, so what's the action item needed for me? Right. Yep. There's a, there's enough women who are helping out with a great job and good, you know, there's enough women out there. I'm the, that's my love language, the action. I want to give it. And I want to receive it. So that's just me. Amazing. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. Exactly. So let's, let's do this. I think this is one of my favorite parts of the show because it gives us an opportunity to get to know you even more than we already have. Okay. And in a really fun way. So I'll get started with this one. First of mind, is there a TV show or movie that you kind of zone out to at the end of the day that you're streaming right now? Yes. The Mitchells versus the machines on Netflix. Oh, yeah. What do you like best about it? First of all, is they are the weirdest, quirkiest, kookiest family that saves the world. Cool. Yep. Okay. Yep. Imperfect to a T. I mean, the main character, Katie, is a hot ass mess and her family is just lifting it all up with her and they just and they just seem so real. Like if if it's not my family, then I know a family I, you know those people, like you know those people, and they're the heroes. Not me, n- of all the four of them, there's no muscle between them. They're not a bicep to be found, and they end up saving the world. Awesome. I love it. It's so cute. It's the cutest little thing. <laughs> Writing it down. Actually, actually, at three o'clock in the morning, when I wake up like this and my mind is going, I put that on to help me fall back asleep. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now I'm really curious. If, if you could wave your magic wand and be an expat somewhere in the world, where do you move? I don't know. I'm still, I still got time. Right now, Panama is high on the list. Okay. I have, I have a girlfriend who's Panamanian. And so I've been doing the rapid fire. But I'm going to be real honest with you. I've been to Kuwait and I have some friends out there from college. And Kuwait wasn't, if the sun wasn't just so oppressively there, like it's just right there. I might be able to consider somewhere like that, just somewhere a little more Middle Eastern, but you know, friendlier. Okay, cool. friendlier. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that's exciting. And you know what's cool about the whole expat thing is there's a whole community of people that you can follow online that are up to that right now. I've got some friends that are. Yeah, they've got two kids. They're like four and two, and they're just rocking it out in Singapore right now, and just live a life. Yeah, just doing their thing. I'm like, good for you all. She yeah. actually had her second baby as an expat. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah 
I thought about some Asian countries, but Scott is over six four, and so the logistics. We were really, you know, he's an engineer too, so we were really like, can he fit? Yeah, can he fit? Yeah, that's a real life problem. Yep, that's a (laughs) yep, And and you might as well put it in the mix. So you mentioned earlier that you love getting your nails done. I can relate to that. So what is beyond the nails? What is a a self-care item or beauty thing that you love doing? I love getting my hair cut. So you can see I'm growing out the sides and I let him, I let my barber, I just tell him what side and the general design and I tell him, go for it. Just, just go for it. And so every other month, because it takes about a couple of months for at least the, the major portion of the the face and the lines to grow back in. I go and I get it done and I love a Korean woman spa. Have you ever been to one of those? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I just, I'm the, I'm the woman who's happily buck naked in all the pools and all the rooms and scrubs. I love all that stuff. Just send me all of that. If either one of you have any kind of network or contact where they're looking for a butt naked woman to be scrubbed down, please send them my way. I would happily do that. Cellulite, <laughs> stretch marks and everything. That's me. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we, we should do a post. Yeah. <laughs> Are you looking for? <laughs> I will I, be scrubbed. I will be scrubbed. The first time, because I never had a Korean scrub, right? You know, I had the traditional American kind of body wrap scrub situation. I didn't know how the the intimacy of the scrub would be, right? So when they started lifting things up and moving body parts out the way and shifting, right? And, and I was like, I love this woman. I love her so much. Yes, get in that, that nook. I, I did I one her. with my sister and she was on the bed beside me and I was like, oh. Wow. Yeah, she's right there. <laughs> she's, she's right, right there. there. Yeah. <laughs> There's no shame. I love it. Oh, I miss them. <laughs> okay. Last question. How do you take your coffee? I don't like coffee. Okay. That was also a good answer. Yeah. What do you drink like... instead? I think I drink um a lot of tea. So mm-hmm. I'm a big tea person. And yeah, I don't like coffee. I'm a sweet tea type of girl. Give me okay. some good off. Yeah. Give me some good Southern sweet tea where you just pour, you don't even measure, just pour it. Yep. T- t- yep. Turn the sugar upside down and pour and stir. I love it. I mm-hmm. absolutely you. love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that, that'll be a, a disadvantage when you move out of it the will be. Yeah. yeah. You're going to have to make your own and you're yeah. going to have to bring your own tea to be able to make it the way that you want to. Well, you know, for the longest time, Seattle was not, it wasn't until about six years ago that they kind of started coming up here. So we got used to it because we've been up here almost, oh God, almost 20 years. So yeah, yeah, we have been. Yeah. Mm. Well, I have absolutely loved this conversation and I think the listeners are going to get a lot out of it too. And all the joys of motherhood and career and how we take our coffee. And I just really appreciate you spending time with us today. And um, I would love for you to end this episode, letting people know where they can get in touch with you and how they can support your growing business. Yes. All social media website is see me wellness. That's S E E M E W E L L N E S S support can come from all the things of liking and helping to reshare posts as well as recommending. We are a heavily referral based business. So if you know of a woman, specifically a professional black woman who is needing assistance in making her holistic wellness, one of her priorities, please do not hesitate to send her my way. I'm also actively looking for sponsorship for scrubs, scrubbing, spas, <laughs> treatments, and services. You give me the pitch and I will put it out there. So if you know of anyone, please send them my way. As long as it's hypoallergenic, allergenic, yeah. I just don't want to break out from it. Don't make me suffer that way. You got it. I love it. I absolutely love it. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for your time today. I adore you. And thank you. Thank you. Till next time. WeFa Waves is brought to you by actually, this is an opportunity. Right now, WeFa Waves is offering commercial spots to your organization. 
Contact us at askwefa at womeninfitness.org and let's share your platform with our audience.